This is the Berman Project. Hey, it's JD here, back for another week of introspection and reflection on loss, grief, and the pathway to mental wellness, all the while nourishing my soul with the music and art of the late, great indie rock singer, songwriter, poet, David C. Berman. How are you doing today? Uh, I am well. It is a beautiful day out. Uh, I'm encouraged to go for a walk. I've already been on a short walk, but I, I want to, you know, I just got some new headphones. It's funny. Uh, years ago, I remember when I went to performance school, performance writing school, comedy school, I went and, uh, Promptly upon finishing, I went to LA and did the Groundlings course. And then when I came back from LA after I ran out of money, I ended up getting a job writing for this radio station. And I remember meeting the the gentleman who would be my boss and uh, mentor. And... I remember him saying to me once, like, he's like, you've got all the gadgets, you've got all the tricks, you just got to put in the work now. And it's the same thing. It's like, you know, I want to go for this walk. So, you know, I got to get new running shoes and I got to get running clothes or walking, you know, better clothes to wear walking. I shouldn't just wear my civvies out, you know, and uh, instead I just need to fucking get out there and walk, you know, that's, that's what there is. And, um, it's nice out and it's not going to be nice out. January and February are not nice in Canada. They're not that nice in Toronto. Um, it's miserable. It's soul crushing. It can be soul crushing, but when the sky is blue and beautiful and cloudless, like it is today, you've got to take advantage of it. And I I need to not make any other excuses. Uh, I've dropped my, uh, Christmas 10 pounds that I randomly put on at the end of November. Um, and, and held on to through the month of December. I've pretty much whacked that away, but uh, that's cost me an extra month and a half of of um, weight loss that I would like to be working on. God, I'm just, you know, it's just, it, I was going through photos the other day, and and I was looking at these photos from 2014 when I was in Hong Kong and uh, Manila, uh, the Philippines, and um, my face is so much smaller and thinner. And back then, I, I was trying to lose weight. Like, I, I'm never happy. And it's miserable. That's just miserable. It's a miserable way to live, to just never be at ease with yourself. And I don't know what the solution is, but it's not drinking your face off or eating all the pot. Uh, it doesn't seem to work. It, you know, it makes me feel good for the time being, but it, uh, you know, when I wake up, there I am. So there's that. Now, I want to tell you a little story, I suppose. And it's the story of when I used to work for Starbucks. And. I worked uptown, so I had to, I don't know how I did it, because I made like $10 an hour. I was a shift supervisor. I made like 10 bucks an hour, and it costs like 250 probably each way, transit-wise, you know, and then you eat lunch, and 
I was paying rent and all the rest of it. And I, that, that's the house that I don't remember eating in. <laughs> I just ate in pubs. I, like, how was that possible? How did I do that? I don't know, but I did. At any rate, I would always have uh, when I worked the when I worked the second morning shift. So there's two people that would come in and open, and then there would be somebody that would come in at seven o'clock. And when I came in as the seven o'clock person, I would usually get there for about six thirty, and sit in this window seat on this bench seating in this window facing um, the intersection of Eglinton Avenue and. Uh, Young and what was it called? Craighurst. Young and Craighurst. So the intersection of Young and Craighurst is where I would sit out to, and I would eat a bran muffin, a honey bran muffin, and drink a grande green tea before I started my shift. And I did this all the time. This was something that, you know, uh, just a good way to start my day. Um, I was into green tea back then. I was into the properties that it... uh, uh, that it supposedly had, and I, you know, I felt good, and uh, I was in my twenties, so it was impossible not to feel good, right? Like this is back when, again, I don't remember eating in my house, <laughs> so there was a lot, a lot going on back then. And um, anyway, one day I came in to work, and I had switched shifts. And uh, I had switched shifts for, you know, the 10.30 shift from the 7 o'clock shift. And when I came in at around 10 o'clock, I noticed, uh, as I was walking up the street, I noticed uh, plywood on the window um, facing Young and Craighurst. And that seemed odd to me because a window is typically... um, something that's translucent and you can see through and plywood is the opposite of that. So sitting in my favorite bench seat would be awfully difficult to do in a way that, you know, would be relaxing just staring at particle board (laughs) or plywood rather. Anyway, when I walked in the side door, I noticed that the bench was not there and there was more damage than it appeared from the outside. And apparently what had happened was a car was turning onto Craighurst from Young and slipped. I don't know whether it was icy. I don't recall that. I feel like it was springtime. So I'm not 100% sure what happened, but they drove through the window. And when I asked what time it happened, they said about quarter to seven in the morning. And it struck me like a bolt of lightning that had I not switched my shift, there was a good chance that I would have been sitting there and I would have been uh, a victim or at the very least a part of a, a of an accident that, that wasn't very good, uh, good, you know, for somebody sitting there, uh, the front end of a car hitting you, at the very least my legs would have been broken, you know, like at the very least. I don't know uh, the rest of it, but that's, you know, that's, it it was just off-putting. It was eerie and it was off-putting. And uh, at the time, it, at the time it was a catalyst. And I guess where I'm going with this is like, why can't these things be catalysts 
all the time. Why, why would it be a catalyst at that time? And then years later, it go, goes away. Because I didn't remember this story until the other night. I was out with a friend, and I was talking, and I immediately wrote this story down because we got talking. And I realized that this was something that I wanted to share because I'm always looking for a catalyst. I'm always looking for something to move me in such a way that I will get my shit together. And move forward. I should be able to reach in my back pocket with that story alone and go, you know what? That was pretty fucking rad that I didn't die there or that I wasn't, you know, completely fucked up. Uh, and use that as the catalyst always. But instead, you know, I go searching and I don't know. Do you know what I'm trying to say? If you do, send me an email, jd at mediumalchemist.com. I'd be interested to hear what you think of all this. The ultimate end point is that there is no getting it together. One of the things that I've learned in the few recent years is I'm not a project. Uh, it's not like a few things that need to come together. It's, you know, um, it's a lot of things that need to come together and they need to come together with a lot of hard work. And it's not just a, about, you know, putting in an hour of work one day and, 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 banking on those changes it's constant work and it's constant hard work and there are many times that i just don't want to do it and that's deflating and frustrating and really quite difficult to wrap my head around do i want to get better i think i do i think so but i don't know what what's on the other side of that door i just don't know What if it costs 25 cents to wake up in the morning? Dollar. Ten dollars. Pit. All the way to the poorhouse. It's not made if it's in Roanoke. Okay, here it comes. Night. He's pulling up in front of our house like a bus. Came at me with shears. The sweater had faces all over it. Famous faces. Knitted all over it. Porchland ticked off since daylight time. How many hours do you think it'll take to smoke a cigarette? She said with a smile. The smell of fried foods came drifting out one of the castle windows. Let's go around the back, I said. My brother burned some stuff back there. We ducked down and walked through the black bushes. My shoe made a sucking sound in the turf. He can afford anything, I said. He's got dogs that blow on trumpets. Trees, dust. Thunder. Cracks over Ben Franklin's shop. He wrapped my dreams in a blanket and led them outside to the black book in the yard. This river leads right up to the party. How do you like my little boat? This is the way pioneers took to other settlements. We'll be there in 10 minutes. You can see the lanterns from here. When we get there, we'll go upstairs and make three long distance phone calls. Oh, wow. 
Hey, what an Indian tribe occupies Southern California. They're a lucky bunch of another. Bottle, more seed bottle, nerf and spell. Moments downhill. Moments downhill. Towards sleep in the still water shop. Imagining places. I was almost sure I'd never been and had taken to assuming where the memories of my grandfather somehow deposited in my mind. They were there and gone. Before I could get my bearings, catch me names, and find out where the hotel was. Chapala glass shavings that could not ever be reassembled into the gone order of buildings and the shade pouring off of them. Alright, that's the country diary of a subway conductor, track number eight from Starlight Walker, the first LP by David, Stephen, and Bob, the Silver Jews, or Silver Jews, as it were. What'd you think of that one? That's a little all over the place, right? That's like a nightmare. It's, it feels as though that is uh, a group of people that are exploring the studio space and what they can do with it, with uh, multiple tracks and, you know... Um, just a better sonic accessibility than they've had at this point. And they're, they're playing and they're having fun with it. And uh, I think, God damn, that's, that's great. Um, why not? You know, uh, I think it's, I think it's fun. It's a, I can, I can take a few of those songs. Uh, I'm not, uh, you know, down for a whole album of that, but, uh, but I'm definitely in favor of, the experimentalness, uh, especially when we see what it begets, you know, as the band goes forward in the future. So there's that. Let's continue onward in our journey through this epic poem called From Cantos for James Michener, Part 2. And right now we are reading XCVL. He wasn't sure how the bathroom mirror worked, but decided it must be powered by the razor blades and aspirin he found in the engine compartment. It was a matter of relearning everything after he surfaced from the coma. The hospital chapel had bought a battered fog machine from a local heavy metal band that broke up over disagreements about Viking iconography. Sitting in the back row, he began to pray for his hospital roommate, suffering under the Byzantine complexity of back pain. He said it felt like he was laying on top of an architect's, architect's model of a small town whose five-story bank building commanded a view of the plains. Clouds of steam drifted around his ankles. Man, I love that first, that first bit. He wasn't sure how the bathroom mirror worked, but decided it must be powered by the razor blades and aspirins he found in the engine compartment. That's fucking badass. <laughs> that is great. Yeah, I love that. This is great. This is, um, you know, I'll have to put it all together at the end into, uh, I'll do a separate episode and I'll, I'll string it all together so you can hear it as it, as it was meant to be uh, heard instead of just breaking it down. 
but yeah, that's uh, some good shit there. And uh, we've come to expect that from our friend David Berman. Just a master of words. Like really, truly. Uh, I'm so impressed. And it's so wonderful to hear. But that's what I've got for you this week. And uh, I hope that you are well. And uh, stay hungry, stay foolish, and wash your goddamn hands. The Berman Project is a production of Duvra Podcasts and Such. You can find out more about the show at www.thebermanproject.xyz. That's right. I'm fucking Canadian. I'm also social. Find me on Twitter, Instagram, and all the rest at Berman Project. Podcasts and such. <laughs>